lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Well, hello. It's been a while since we've been here live. I decided to wear a name tag in case you guys forgot who I am. My name is Steve Dace. That is Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre is here as well. Now, you've been watching and listening to original content here for almost the entire time that we were off for Aaron's paternity. And by the way, we'll get to congrats uh, for the new daddy here in a moment. But this is the first time uh, since, what, August 13th that we have had an opportunity to interact with all of you live and direct and Obviously, with everything going on, we have a few things to say. Uh, you can email the program, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter. You can follow me on Twitter, at Steve Dace Show. And of course, if you're looking for clips of the show that you can watch for free and are also free of censorship, we would encourage you to go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. Again, that is D-E-A-C-E. We are jam-packed today so jam-packed that we had to take one of our most beloved segments and move it to the overtime that's right buy seller hold is going to be in the overtime today for our blaze tv subscribers uh you'll be able to watch that we'll record it right after today's show for you and then it'll be uploaded for you later today at blaze tv.com slash dace and if you're not yet a blaze tv subscriber now's a great time to become one at a discount you also can go to blaze tv.com slash dace to sign up get that discount don't miss today's buy, seller hold or any of the exclusive content we do each and every day at Blaze TV. So we are loaded for bear. We've got a ton of stuff to get updated on. We're going to spend our first hour here doing that. Next hour, Texas Congressman Chip Roy will join us as well. The weekly prophet of woe and lamentation. And I would imagine he is on lamentation overload. After one of the absolute most incredibly revealing and depressing weeks, I think, in the history of this republic. I'm talking end of the empire kind of stuff. All right. We'll get to that here in a moment. Of course, there was some good news while we were away. First and foremost, we added a brand new partner here on the show. Our new friends over at Sweat Block. You know, we've always been there, particularly this time of year. With the heat and the humidity, there's never a great time to be all sweaty. Seems to happen like at the worst times, work, uh, you got to get up in front of people, a first date. Nothing more frustrating than putting that right out there in the middle of the public. That's why it's a great time to try our new friends at Sweatblock. They've got numerous products like their Sweatblock antiperspirant wipes. They are stronger, more effective than even clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime and... And the next morning you wake up, wash, go about your daily routine, and you don't have to worry about sweat. They've got a ton of other products as well. I've tried the deodorant uh, that you see there, and I was dubious. One of the, the only day we went out and did a family thing, it was scalding hot where we went. I thought, you know what? I'm going to try this new deodorant on this day and see how it goes. And my goodness, uh, did it hold up very, very well. I was very impressed. Uh, They've got uh, deodorant lotions and things of that nature for, uh, shall we say, 
say some of your more sensitive regions. Uh, uh, I, I've tried every. I've tried two products so far and have seen amazing results. So if you want to give it a shot. Uh, check out sweatblock.com. Get 20% off with the promo code DACE, D E A C E. 20% off with the promo code DACE at sweatblock.com. Again, that is sweatblock.com. Oh, and by the way, Aaron and Bella had a baby. That's fun. Yes. So, first and foremost, Todd and I um, have mad congrats for you two. Well, thank you. And you have joined the coolest dude fraternity there is. This is the coolest thing. And I, I'm even still saying that with, with two teenagers living in my home at the exact same time. That's how cool this is that I still think this is the coolest thing I've ever done in life is get to be a dad. So tell us about the big moment. How did it go? You know, it, um, it, it went all things, all things uh, considered, it went very, very well. We have a really healthy little dude. He came out, guys, with a full head of, not just a little bit of hair. He came <laughs> out with a full head of hair. And uh, I'll just leave it at this. The, 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 the last half hour, I would say, of, of labor and, and birth was a little bit scary, but you wouldn't know it from the way Bella and, and Ben are, are doing right now. And uh, very, very thankful for that. And and you're right. It is it is super cool. I mean, even I, I guess it's a little less cool when it's, you know, three o'clock in the morning and he's just screaming and you can't calm him down, which we figured out. We, we've gotten some methods on, on calming him down now, mm-hmm. which is which is nice. But uh, when when he looks up at you with those big eyes, oh, my goodness, that's that's pretty, pretty incredible. And uh, Bella and I are just overjoyed. A little bit overtired, but overjoyed more more than that. So it's it's really really cool so far. Lots of things to be thankful for. Thank you to everyone who uh, provided their well wishes and uh, congrats for us. I probably it got was, a few hundred of those notes yeah. sent to me. Yes. <laughs> um, so that was that was really really cool to see that as well, and and good to be able to to be at home um, for those ten uh, calendar days as well to be able to help Bella out and to be able to take some pressure off, hopefully of of her and and kind of figure out how to keep a little human alive. It's It's been a blast so far. Well, um, we're, we're just so happy for you guys and excited to see um, what becomes of uh, Mr. Benjamin sure. uh, McIntyre. So, Todd, they had a kid. What would you do for 10 days? Uh, I just pretty much chilled. It was uh, various coping mechanisms to deal with this new cycle. <laughs> I did find it hilarious, though, that a lot of our uh, – Listeners, they, did, you we must have gotten countless notes like this, but on Twitter, they're like, "Yeah, I really expected nothing of your fill-in shows, but these things were great." So, right, we I got a lot of positive have, feedback. Actually, we should have yeah. mailed it in though, because that's what they were apparently looking for. Or their expectations are just so low for this show. We, have, which yeah. means we have succeeded. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you 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 set expectations low for people, and then when you barely clear the hurdle, everybody's just blown away and impressed, right? Yeah. Um, I will tell you that um, uh, these 10 days were very beneficial to me. Um, I I was kind of leery of it going in that I was just going to just die of boredom. And so I ended up scheduling a bunch of uh, errands and things to do to try to keep myself busy. So I had something going on every single day, you know, some updating with my car, you know, things of that nature. We're finishing a, uh, a bathroom remodel for Amy's birthday. That's just about done now. Um, and then, um, uh, if anything, I might've made myself too busy 
you know? Uh, I, Jason Whitlock had me on his show a couple of times, which was a ton of fun. Uh, our former colleague, Dan Bongino, had me on his show yesterday, uh, and he was very gracious. And so I still had opportunities to kind of weigh in, you know, and not lose your edge and, uh, and stay active. Uh, I went ahead and said a few things that I normally would not say on my Facebook page anymore because I have a platform here to do it. But one of them involved just some personal experience, a good friend of mine, uh, an elderly gentleman it had with ivermectin and the fact that there were now several studies that had come out recently, uh, including a plea from a, a, a public health official in Israel in the Jerusalem Post for his country to begin embracing ivermectin as a as an early uh, potential cheap treatment for COVID. There's news out today now of a cholesterol of cholesterol yeah. meds, and I jokingly tweeted out you know thoughts and prayers to those of you that have been taking these cholesterol meds because you're about to discover that these things are now suddenly dangerous drugs. <laughs> okay, that's been kind of the pattern here, and I just made the decision knowing that it would imperil me on Facebook, but I thought this could potentially be a a life or death decision for somebody I maybe should risk a Facebook page for. So I put it up there knowing how Facebook would react. And sure enough, they ended up banning me from posting on my page for 24 hours. It just ended a little while ago. Okay. But um, it was just enough of, of an outlet for me to stay engaged. But then I also got a lot of good recharge time to not just be embroiled in it full time because I, I think you could probably tell right before Aaron's uh, the Aaron's baby arrived. I mean, I was in Ray Bradbury, something wicked this way comes. A very, I was in a very foreboding place. I am still, uh, by the way, intellectually in a very foreboding place, but just on a personal level, I just feel like I got a good battery recharge out good. of this, which probably happened at a very good time. So. So let us commence and see so, what we got. Indeed. Let us commence indeed as we begin with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by, well, quite possibly one of the worst chapters in modern American history unfolded while we were out last week. After American forces moved out of the third world country of Afghanistan, the Taliban moved at lightning speed to take control of the country in an offensive that lasted mere days. Eventually, the capital city of Kabul fell and access to the international airport was all but blocked. By now, you've seen the shocking videos of young Afghani men clinging onto a C-17 cargo jet in a desperate bid to escape the Taliban before falling to their deaths. Also by now, you know President Joe Biden was missing in action for the better part of last week, hiding out in his home in Delaware before finally coming out and making a series of bizarre and head-scratching comments on the situation. Even multiple CNN hosts have lampooned the administration's lack of planning in response to the unfolding situation in Afghanistan. The situation as it stands currently is that there are still, according to the administration, many thousands of American civilians and others still trapped within the borders of Afghanistan, unable to reach Hamid Karzai Airport for evacuation. The vast majority of those who have been evacuated so far have been Afghan nationals. As of now, though, there's been no breakdown of how many women and children have been evacuated. Joe Biden said yesterday he's relying on the Taliban to help evacuate U.S. citizens before the August 31st deadline. The completion by August 31st depends upon the Taliban continuing to cooperate and allow access to the airport for those who were, trans were transporting out 
and no disruptions to our operations. Checking in on how the nation's elites are handling the news out of Afghanistan. For those of you listening, that's CBS Late Show host Stephen Colbert dancing at some gathering with Senator Chuck Schumer. In an attempt to distract from the unfolding chaos, the FDA this week granted full approval for the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine, and Joe Biden called upon the private sector to enact sweeping vaccine mandates. Today I'm calling on more country, more companies, I should say, in the private sector to step up with vaccine requirements that will reach millions more people. If you're a business leader, a nonprofit leader, a state or local leader who has been waiting for full FDA approval to require vaccinations, I call on you now to do that. Require it. Dr. Anthony Fauci says organizations that employ a lot of people, some of the big corporations are going to say, if you want to work for us in person, you've got to be there and get vaccinated. And I think that's a good thing. I know I respect people's freedom. But when you're talking about a public health crisis that we've been going through now for well over a year and a half, the time has come. Enough is enough. We've just got to get people vaccinated. He also says a cloth mask is as good as an N95 respirator. You know, Amady, instead of worrying about what kind of mask, just wear a mask. Wear a mask. You know, wear a surgical mask, a cloth mask. Some people can't tolerate N95s rather than saying one versus the other. Meanwhile, at a Democrat fundraiser in Napa, California. The question was asked this morning about a mask for so long about young people. And how yes, that's House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is speaking to a large crowd of unmasked people while the help is masked up and distributing food. In Oregon, Governor Kate Brown enacted a statewide outdoor mask mandate regardless of vaccination status. Louisiana State University will be requiring proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test for football fans to attend football games this upcoming season at Tiger Stadium. In completely unrelated news, a new preprint paper in The Lancet by the Oxford University Clinical Research Group found vaccinated individuals carry 251 times the load of COVID-19 viruses in their nostrils compared to the unvaccinated. Meanwhile, in Australia, sweeping stringent lockdowns have once more been extended, primarily in New South Wales. Local news outlets have taken to shaming those who dare wander outside their legal radius. A tip to Crime Stoppers has blown the lid on a church service at Blacktown attended by 60 adults and children. The gathering has been described as selfish and arrogant. Anthony Caram knows he is COVID positive when he steps into this public lift. Already breaking so many rules, he doesn't bother to cover his mouth as he sneezes and splutters. Yes. Sideline Sharks player Josh Dugan denies lying to police when he was found a long way from Sydney. The 31-year-old stopped at 11.30 last night in Lithgow, where he allegedly told officers he was moving to the area and feeding animals before admitting to visiting a friend. Inspectors have asked these tradesmen to show proof of their QR check-in as well as identification and vaccination records. One of the men here is from Campsy and he doesn't have his documentation, so he's being sent home. Also in Australia, a local government in the northwest portion of New South Wales has taken to shooting rescue dogs in a bid to stop the virus. Berkshire Council killed the dogs to prevent volunteers from traveling to pick them up at the pound. Speaking of Australia, also known as New York, our friend Shannon Joy was arrested at her local school.
school board meeting last night for having the unmitigated gall of wearing a mask improperly. Then, um, Officer Henderson, so they are now, they have their hands on me now. They have their hands on me now. Okay. They have their hands on me now. And I guess this is the way it is now. I can't believe this is happening. I don't have my purse. I'll get it. I'll get it for you. And so we're all on Facebook Live right now, guys. These are the officers. Okay. Um, Monroe County Sheriff's, Officer Hanley, and they are escorting me out. Can we have witnesses, please, guys, besides myself? Thank you. Okay. Um, and I can't believe this is happening. I really, they're gonna, oh, now. As you can see from this photo, the police officers arresting her seem to have their mask etiquette down pat. It's unclear what crime she committed. And finally, to top off this entire sheet Sunday, a Taliban leader was asked recently what the new Afghan government will be doing to ensure free speech. This question should be asked to those people who are uh, claiming to be promoters of freedom of speech, uh, who do not allow uh, publication of all information. I can ask Facebook uh, company, this question should be asked to them. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by Better Spectacles. They're expert opticians. They specialize in difficult prescriptions like mine. You know me. I'm, I've got to have a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Can't be simple. Contrarian to the core. All right. But hey, if you've got a basic prescription, they can help you too. But chances are, if you require progressive lenses of any kind, uh, you have maybe had to make some difficult fashion choices with your glasses. Not anymore. All right. Uh, the technology has caught up with your needs and they can help you. Uh, see up to 40% better at betterspectacles.com slash Steve. Schedule your teleoptical appointment there. Ask them about Rodent Stocks, 144-year-old company, the world's gold standard with 500 patents. Ronald Reagan wore these glasses. They're available now in the U.S. That's what I'm wearing right now. In fact, uh, you don't even have to leave your house. And this is not an online company, by the way. It's a world-renowned one. They're just giving you access to them online. So they're offering our audience right now an introductory 61% off their Go Spec lenses plus free, free handcrafted rodent stock frames when you visit betterspectacles.com slash Steve. That's betterspectacles.com slash Steve. We will get more into the COVID information in the next segment of the show. Um, a couple of things that we won't have time to mention, but should, uh, that, um, I mean, Christy Nome is just a corporatist. I mean, uh, she refuses to support a ban on vaccine mandates by employers in her state telling you you just go work somewhere else. Well, I guess maybe I'll have to go work somewhere else outside of your state then, I guess. I mean, I mean, she's a scorching hot corporatist. I mean, that she got that going for her. Uh, but a corporatist, she remains just the same. So um, she's totally down with tyranny, provided it's imposed on you from the private sector, which means she's just down with tyranny. Even if she wants to, you know, lead the audience in a stirring rendition of the battle hymn of the Republic. Who cares? I, I witnessed it. It happened at an event we both spoke at. Actually, um, she spoke after me. Uh, so, I mean, you can you can sing as many songs as you want when you then say we'll just we'll just destroy our constitutional republic as long as it's coming from the private sector. It, it it's meaningless, meaningless. But there is there is more COVID data 
that we will get to in the next segment. Let's let's talk about Afghanistan. And and right as this was crumbling, I wrote a 2000 word piece for the blaze on this. And but I guys, I got to be honest. I, that was a week ago and watching this unfurl for another week. I I I don't know what to even say to this. I'm just, I I am blown away. I mean, what commentary could I add that that adds anything more than a dementia-rattled, feeble president hopped up on so much Adderall that he can barely blink saying he's going to rely on a bunch of goat humpers that we got rid of in about 10 minutes when we invaded the country and then let them take back over in about 10 minutes, 20 years later. And he's going to rely on their good graces to get our people out. What, what, what can I, what can I, I don't even know what to say to that. Yesterday, the Pentagon announced they have evacuated about 80,000 people from Afghanistan, including around 4,000 Americans. Uh, uh, who are the other 76,000 people, Beavis? I, I'm, who are they? Who are they? Who, who would those people be? Uh, hopefully we vetted them as well as we vet who comes across the southern border, never. Single men of fighting age are not refugees. And if they wouldn't fight for their country, they should have been left behind. Like, like they left behind many of their women and children when they stormed the airport in Kabul last week. They should have been left behind. Single men of fighting age are not refugees. They're either cowards or something even worse, which I pray we won't find out the hard way once they arrive here. But we're going to find out the hard way. When they become things like when Germany suffered through the rape refugees, if you remember that in the Obama years. Yes. Single men of fighting age are not refugees ever, ever, ever. Fight for your country or get left behind. But that's a you problem, not ours, period. To watch this continue on to the point that it is so astronomically incompetent that their own water carriers in the media say things like, the president is just communicating things that are not reality right now. I don't even know what to say. This is, this is the Jimmy Carter presidency but fast-forwarded 40 years in a post-Christian America. So like all the restraining bolts that would like hold back the incompetence and the worldview are loosened or just non-existent now. So there's nothing to hold it back. And just mix in a splash of dementia, and that is this presidency. The chaos seems to be the point. Yes. I agree with that on virtually everything other than this. Uh, I I think this is this is this is 
this is chaos as a result of the worldview. That's what I wrote for The Blaze last week. That, but that's why we were there for 20 years. We made a, a massive worldview blunder. And the idea that we were ever going to rebuild a nation, this isn't, the, um, this isn't the United States that launched the Marshall Plan. This isn't the United States that rebuilt the Pacific Rim after Hiroshima and Nagasaki and the surrender at the USS Missouri. This is a country that doesn't believe in itself anymore. Correct. Or at least it's run by people that don't. That all of its institutions have been taken over by people that don't believe in itself. It has nothing to export. We don't have any virtues, values. We don't have anything to export. Every time we flew a rainbow flag in Kabul, we helped the Taliban recruit new converts. We don't have anything to offer them. Nothing. The, I mean, the idea that you can go into somebody else's marriage and help them re- re- resurrect it while yours is falling apart is just ridiculous. But that's essentially what we have been trying to do for the last 20 years. So this was always doomed to fail. And, and maybe the only correct decision this president has made since he took over was getting the hell out of there. But the way that this has been executed, it is a mind-numbing level of incompetence. And what it tells you is that no one's really in charge. No one's really in charge. That the other stuff that they do, they can pull that off because a lot of it just comes from their own control of the domestic infrastructure. But on this level, they couldn't pull this off because there's no one in charge. I mean, the Pentagon is driven by Forever War, Inc. and, and wokeism. The idea of a strategic retreat the idea of, hey, why don't we get all the civilians we want out before the military leaves? I mean, I just don't, I don't even know what to say to this. It's, it's the kind of moment that happens at the end of empires all throughout history. Where they just implode in a blunderocracy. So, gentlemen, what do you think? Well... It's not something, as I told you this weekend when we talked briefly, uh, I can unsee. And I think it may be providential that we didn't have to comment on this day by day, that we could take it all in the way we did. Uh, What you need to take away from this is that the, the president of the United States and the party that surrounds him, uh, Jen Psaki actually trying to go. Uh, no, actually, what you're seeing is the Berlin airlift here. This is, things are going well. They they have so little respect for you. They they the, the level of disdain that they have for you. You're seeing these horrific pictures of Afghani's, but the spin, the callousness, which with they talk about this, which the president don't take doesn't take questions. It's all of that isn't about Afghanistan. It's about you, how much they hate you, how much they believe there will be no consequences for their behavior because they are your rulers. And what are you going to do about it? And I can't tell you enough that we are right back where we were a long time ago when I said it. And it's certainly more true now in Sean Connery land. 
What are you prepared to do? You know, I think I misstated something in the montage. The FDA approval of the Pfizer COVID vaccine and the continued drumbeat of war and the gears of war turning of COVID stan is not a distraction from what's going on in Afghanistan. What's going on in Afghanistan is a distraction from that because of what Todd said. These people who believe that they rule you and are going to continue to behave like that until you show them differently are hell-bent on turning this country into something akin to Australia, and it will get there. Just ask Shannon Joy. It will get there sooner than later, unless, you know, what, what are we prepared to do, as, as Todd just said. What's going on in Afghanistan, they could not care less about that, in my mind anyway, because that's just a distraction from taking this country where they've always wanted to take it. And slowly but surely, they're accomplishing that. So I did continue uh, my exhaustive research on all things COVID while we were gone the last 10 calendar days. Um, When we come back here in a few minutes, there is some data out there that you need to know and you need to see that if you don't follow me regularly on social media, you didn't get access to that particularly with what's going on right now over the children and the schools and everything else as many people as possible need to see and hear and we will share that with you here in just a moment You got a million reasons to be stressed out these days. Um, don't let your male pattern baldness or your receding hairline be one of them because the good news is that Keeps can help. They offer the same doctor-recommended approved hair loss treatments, but you get the generic versions, so you're only going to pay about half of the cost. And on top of that great deal is all the great convenience. You do everything online. You answer a few easy questions, snap a few pics of your hair, and then a licensed doctor will review your info and recommend the right hair loss treatment for you, and it's shipped directly to your door. So big savings with the generic versions, big convenience as well. How about even more savings to get you started, though? Half off your first order right now. Half off your first order when you go to keeps.com slash grow. K-E-E-P-S. That's how it's spelled for keeps.com slash grow. There is breaking news out of New York State. The new governor there, she is saying that um at least 12,000 more deaths with COVID were suffered in the state than were previously counted or revealed. That a minuscule number? It is not. It is not. Andrew Cuomo isn't just awful, uh, as our colleague Stu uh, uh, coined the term. Uh, He's a felon. And he ought to be in prison. He ought to be in prison right now. 12,000 more deaths. How did you miss 12,000 deaths? And why do I get the feeling that you're going to find out there were, pardon the expression, lots of bodies buried keeping this guy afloat, this administration going this entire time, that it was a freaking house of cards the entire time. It was just all it, he was. He's he's the um, um, he's the Michael Evanati 
of Andrew Cuomo's, that this thing was just, nothing was real. It was just all, it was just all completely a sham, right down to his very core. Why do I get the feeling that's how this story is probably ultimately going to end? Oh, you're right. But always remember that the reason why he's allowed to get away with it for as long as he did is because of the clapping seals that populate that state and are the ones that on Aaron's montage were clapping as Shannon Joy uh, leaves the room. So you remember, I don't know what Steve's about to say, but you remember whatever data he gives you right now, the soundtrack as you hear it should be those people clapping as she's marched out of there and their invincible ignorance that is on display when they put on a show like that. So there's there's stories of nursing shortages going on all over the country right now. And uh, one of my poker buddies uh, is getting ready to start a career in nursing. And he was telling us on Monday, they've had several people in our local health system here at Unity Point Health quit over the over forced vaccination and everything else. Um, the idea. Now, the, the narrative that is out there. And, and it's just, there was a moment yesterday when 24 hours after Anthony Fauci went on TV and said, if everybody got vaccinated, we would be done with COVID by next fall. 24 hours after he said this, the Prime Minister of Israel, Naftali Bennett, announced that if you had not been reboosted in the last six months, you would, no, you would no longer be considered fully vaccinated in Israel and you would no longer have essentially a, a pass to be a full-fledged citizen because of how fast they have seen Pfizer efficacy diminish in his country in real time. And he said this 24 hours after Anthony Fauci said, if everybody goes out and gets vaccinated, we could be done with COVID by next fall. 24 hours after the Israeli prime minister said that, the head of Pfizer announced that it is likely going to occur ensuing variants will evade their current mRNA vaccine. But rest assured, they will only need about three months to come up with a new one that will attack that variant. So we are debating the mandating of something that the most vaccinated free country on earth, Israel, almost 80% of all those over the age of 16 in Israel are fully vaccinated. And by the way, Israel reports about 59% of its hospitalizations are also fully vaccinated. So Israel here, which has done the total Fauci playbook, one of the worst, dumbest lockdowns that was done under Bibi Netanyahu. It's, it's gone. It's, it's done the exact Fauci playbook. Everything Fauci has demanded, everything he's wanted, everything COVID stands said to do, Israel has done. And now here they are, a year and a half later, announcing that if you don't get vaccinated every six months, you're not a citizen. 
because that's about how long the current efficacy lasts. And this is what Anthony Fauci says ought to be mandated and all of us ought to get in order to be done with this by next fall. And the CEO of Pfizer is even admitting that their current concoction will not withstand future variants, including the ones they're causing. I'm sorry, did I? Was, was this on? No? I hope so. Okay. Um, it will not withstand future variants. So consider yourself, you know, unprotected, condomless for at least 90 days every so often. I can't imagine why there is any concern at all about people getting this. I, I, I just, given that just recent chain of events in the last four days, I cannot even, com- I can't concoct why there is so much vaccine hesitancy in the country. I can't think of anything, including the continual denial of natural immunity, which is basically just a United States thing now. Even Israel is allowing people to go back to university in person with proof of natural immunity if you don't want to get vaccinated. Even Israel is doing that. We're the only country on earth right now. We're the only one whose medical professionals are not acknowledging the efficacy of natural immunity. We are the only nation on earth not doing that. No other nation on earth is doing this. Only us. So I can't imagine, I mean, let's do a, let's do a risk assessment here. Because that's really, this is, this is, what every American has to contemplate. We are in a position that was none of our doing. China did this to us either via recklessness or nefariousness, either knowingly with some of our own health professionals or they were their useful idiots. But the average American did nothing to bring this on us. Regardless of your race, creed, color, religion, socioeconomic status. There's 300, almost 330 million people living in this country right now. And maybe all but five had absolutely nothing to do with what COVID has done to this country in the last year and a half. Throw in the fact that we're all taking a risk. All of us are. We do not know the long-term effects of even an asymptomatic exposure to this. We don't know. We don't know what being exposed to a virus of questionable to malicious origin means. We don't know. We're learning everything in real time right now. Here's the other thing we don't know. What being injected and then re-injected and then re-injected and re-injected with an experimental vaccination technology. We don't know what that will do either. And in fact, if you look at the authorization that the FDA gave Pfizer the other day, they told them, go ahead and take your time letting us know. You know, 2025, 2026. A buddy of mine told me yesterday that one of his best friends had him and his wife go out and get it right away. Her menstrual cycles, their entire marriage, right as rain. 
They've been erratic and all over the place ever since. That's all right. They'll let us know in 2025 or so whether you need to be concerned about that at all. See, we're all taking a risk here. Now, here's the risk you're taking if you're unvaccinated. I'm just going to give you math. In the last 30 days, the United States has averaged about 680 deaths per day with COVID. That's before we stratify for age, comorbidity. That's just a straight up number, straight up whole number. In the last 30 days, it's been about 680 per day. There are approximately 161 million Americans that are not fully vaccinated. So if you're one of those 161 million Americans not fully vaccinated, which I am, I've not been vaccinated at all because I have natural immunity that now 15 studies around the world have reinforced as, as, as either as good, if not better, than what the vaccines offer. 15. Maybe if we get to 33, 27, 42, maybe our health professionals here in this country will begin to acknowledge it too. Who knows? Dare to dream. So what that means is, if you're not fully vaccinated right now, when you look at the current epidemiological curve in America, you have 0.0004% odds of dying with COVID today. That's three zeros, 0.304. Those are your current odds of dying with COVID today. That's why... Remember the clapping. That's why a lot of Americans are doing a risk assessment. Am I in a risk group? No. Then why would I take the risk? Let me give you some more math with vaccination. We have now reached 81% of all seniors in the U.S. 62% of all adults in the U.S. have been fully vaccinated. We've added somewhere between 4 to 5 million vaccinated Americans in just the last month or so. Yet cases in the country have increased 140% in the last 30 days. 140%. So when you look at the data out of Israel, which is a few weeks ahead of us from an epidemiological perspective, what this clearly infers is what the vaccine makers are admitting now and what Rachel Walensky at CDC said back on August 13th. These vaccines don't really do anything to mitigate transmission of the virus any longer. And a study that Aaron cited in his montage from Oxford, the number one rated university in the world, actually indicates that you are pre-symptomatic, exposing other people if you're vaccinated. So that's cool. Um... If, 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 you, if you're not a danger to somebody else, then this is really purely a personal decision and shouldn't be mandated anywhere. And this is really a risk calculus that all of us have to do as Americans because of what China did to us, not what we did to one another. So this is not the moment when we should be turning on one another. Quite the contrary. We're all actually in this together. We're all taking a risk together. But because there's so much politicization of this, so much misinformation surrounding this, it just divides us even further. Because you probably haven't heard information like a preprint study from the British Medical Journal and Yale finds the following, and I quote, In mRNA vaccinated subjects, antibody levels decreased by up to 40% each subsequent month 
while in convalescence, that's another medical term for natural immunity, people who were infected and recovered, those with natural immunity saw their antibody levels de decrease by less than 5% per month. That's the British version of the New England Journal of Medicine and Yale. Have you heard that news before today? Was that reported anywhere for you? Which is all the more striking because it's such hopeful news. Yes. yes. The CDC, by the way, did a mass study on school mitigation efforts last year and buried it. This just came out this week, courtesy of The New Yorker, actually, brought it out. It was buried. None of us knew about it. Here's what it found. It was a massive sample of 90,000 students in 169 schools nationwide. Is that a large sample? Yes. Let me quote from it for you. Quote, Distancing, hybrid models, classroom barriers, and most notably, requiring student masking were each found to not have a statistically significant benefit. End quote. That is the CDC's own study. Any of you hear about that news while we were away? How about this from the San Jose Mercury News? And I quote, in a significant twist that could reshape our understanding of the early days of the coronavirus pandemic, death records now indicate the first COVID-related deaths in Canada, or I'm sorry, in California and across the country occurred in January 2020, weeks earlier than originally thought, and before officials knew the virus was circulating here. A half dozen death certificates from that month in six different states, California, Alabama, Georgia, Kansas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma and Wisconsin have been quietly amended to list COVID-19 as a contributing factor, suggesting the virus's deadly path quickly reached far beyond coastal regions that were the country's earliest known hotspots. Who told you from the beginning? When we looked at the data, it was here all along. How do you stop and flatten a curve if you don't know when it began? Who brought this to you from the beginning? We did. And then there's that clip Aaron has of Anthony Fauci saying, just wear any mask whatsoever. Massive study out of Canada finds those blue disposable masks when placed on mannequins. So they're not breathing in or out. They're not moving. They're totally stationary. It's the best data you could get. It's the best performance you would get. The most static environment around. They're never touching them. Mannequins don't move. And yet that blue cloth mask could only capture 12% of COVID's viral particles on a mannequin. 12. See, it's this information that most of us, most of you, most of your neighbors, most of our countrymen have been denied. That's what's causing the division here. And that's why we got to fight like hell to keep getting this information out there. Hour two is next. Back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todders and Aaron McIntyre. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. You can access that by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. -E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. You can also look for us on MeWe, Parlor, Getter, and Gab. And then look for clips of the show that are both free to watch and then free of censorship at rumble.com 
rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. Again, rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. If you're a podcast listener, we are looking for you. If you've yet to do this, uh, please give us a five-star review. Hit subscribe or the follow button there on whichever podcast platform you prefer. So many of you have done this for us already and have played a, an important role in helping for the exclu- explosive growth of our podcast in the last couple of years. So we thank each and every one of you for that. And we thank you if you choose today to be the day that you chime in on those efforts as well. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation. Daniel Horowitz will join us, but let's go first to a good friend of mine and a good friend of the show, Texas Congressman Chip Roy. Good to see you again, brother. How are you? Well, I just liked your introduction of our good friend, Daniel Horowitz. So that's that's uh, that's the that's the right kind of title, but uh, great to be with you, brother. So this is our first live show in 10 days. Uh, we were uh, away for Aaron's paternity. And watching what has unfolded in Afghanistan. Now, I, I happen to think maybe the only good decision this president has made I agree with was getting out of there. And we should have actually gotten out of there sooner. But watching the way that this has transpired, the ridiculousness of him saying yesterday, we need the Taliban to help us get our own people out. The Pentagon announcing yesterday that they've gotten about 80,000 people out of Afghanistan and about 4,000 of them were Americans. Who are the other 76,000 people, Chip? And please tell me they were vetted at least not quite as badly as we vet what goes on at the southern border. This is like end of the empire kind of stuff. Like Jimmy Carter called and he's like embarrassed. I don't even know what to do with this, Chip. So can you make sense of it, please? Well, Steve, it's hard to make sense of something that's been so unbelievably incompetent, not just incompetent. It's uh, frankly downright. um, uh, I think the president of the United States is conducting himself uh, in direct contradiction to the well-being of the American people he has sworn an oath to defend. And, uh, you know, I think there's a committee of leftists there in the White House that are part of advising him uh, that are actually a big chunk of the problem. And I think this is what happens when you have somebody who thinks that he's got the ability and the faculties to make an executive decision like this, and he simply doesn't. And you've got leftists around him telling him that this is the right way to do things. Um, You and I have shared for a long time a recognition that our continued presence in Afghanistan without a strategy, without a game plan, without a uh, desire to say what's actually going on, which is that you have Sharia supremacists in the form of the Taliban it acting as our enemy, but we were refusing to acknowledge that. That goes back to Clinton, Bush, Obama, even in the Trump administration. We were not doing everything we needed to do as a country to speak with moral clarity, one voice, operating under 20-year authorization of the use of military force. Congress should be ashamed of itself. We need to look in the mirror ourselves for failing to speak clearly about our role there. Now, look, I'm sure you, uh, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, like I, believe that if we had an actual strategy for why we should be at Bagram and have 2,500 men and women still there to hold the line, to check against China, to check against Pakistan, but we're not going to be in hot combat, but we're going to have a presence, or we're going to say, you Taliban, if you blink, we're going to blow you to kingdom come. Do we lose Chip's signal? We'll try to... We'll reconnect. We'll reconnect with him. But... Uh, he doesn't have to put words in my mouth. Uh, I'm, I'm all for uh, aggression in the interest of the United States. I'm not for training the most formidable force in human history 
and then just having them stand around and waiting to get IED'd and playing glorified mall cop, right? If we were talking about creating a Guantanamo Bay kind of presence there in that region of the world, uh, whether it would be there or Iraq, so that we had an instant strike capability to hold people in check, should they decide to get squirrely and take advantage of our open society, at least pre-COVID open society, yeah, I, I would have been totally for that. Did you see ever see any evidence over the last 20 years, though, that those were the affairs we were conducting? Because I certainly did not. And the fact that the the Taliban took this thing back over in literally 10 minutes after we signaled we were out of there by August the 31st was indicative of the fact that we just we had, we, we didn't have a serious mission there. And I don't want to hear anymore. Well, we fight them there. I see people like Dan Crenshaw, who's basically the new John McCain, just cooler and hipper with an eye patch. Uh, I see people like Dan Crenshaw still repeating this line from 2004. We fight them over there, so we have to fight them over here. I went back and looked it up while we were away. Do you know how many terrorist attempted a terrorist attacks or actual terrorist attacks by Islamic radicalized Islamists have occurred on U.S. soil since we invaded Afghanistan? I looked it up. 31. 31. 31. Still no chip? Keep trying. 31. Just see if you can get him on the phone. All right. Do you have his phone number? Do you have his phone number? I can find it. All right. Let's, let's just see if we can get him on the phone and not worry about the Skype connection, even though it was a pretty shot. But 31 terrorist attacks by some semblance of Islamic radicals, including the worst since 9-11, the Boston Marathon bombing. 31 of them. And we're still trotting out the line. After 31, we fight them over there so we don't have to fight them here. We're fighting them here. So let me tell you the dirty little secret about 9-11. And the 31 terrorist plots we've either had to uh, dig out from or foil since then. They're not an issue of, of defense. They're an issue of immigration. We allowed these elements into the country. We gave Muhammad Atta and his people access to the country. One of the worst Islamic terrorist attacks since 9-11 was Fort Hood. Happened right under one of our own military bases. We imported this. I know that's not politically correct to say. So, it's true. The number one problem we had with 9-11 and since from an Islamic radicalization standpoint has not been an issue of defense. It's been an issue of immigration. That's what caused all of this. We let this element into the country. And now we're talking about importing how many more? 76,000 people that weren't Americans. They've evacuated out of there. 
I love our governor. I have sung her praises how many times on this show? Many. But she wants to be one of the governors to say, yeah, we'll take those people. Uh, why? Who are they? Who are they? Have we vetted these people? How many are single men? I'll go back to what I said last hour. Single men of fighting age are never refugees, period. You know, let me amend it a little bit. Able-bodied single men. Able-bodied single men of fighting age are never refugees, ever, ever. We'll try to get shit back here in a moment. Uh, first, let me tell you about our friends over at Omega XL. If you are struggling with that chronic pain, the kind that just kind of lingers, you know, like our immigration policy, uh, I can't give you uh, a, a recommendation for that other than maybe electing an entirely different class of leadership. Maybe that would help. But if it's the other kind of pain that just hangs around and nags and lingers in your back, neck, knee, or shoulders, chances are that's caused by inflammation. And you want to look at a product that I use every day called Omega XL, an all-natural anti-inflammatory backed by 35 years of clinical research. It neutralizes the inflammation that is causing your chronic pain. And if you want to try it today, buy one bottle, get a second one for free. When you go to Omega XL, omegaxl.com slash steve that again is omegaxl.com slash steve or give them a call at 800-844-4888 that's 800-844-4888 all right do we have congressman chip roy i believe so i was given a number uh and i think we have nope he just disconnected okay we'll try it again so we'll try and keep trying okay let me also address this theologically from, a, from a, 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 this refugee issue, from a theological standpoint. Steve, are we to be, aren't we to be kind to the alien and sojourner in our land? Well, A, you're, you're applying a principle from a government that was a direct theocracy, ain't old-time Israel, and you're trying to apply it to um, a, a contemporary country that is not. So be careful doing that because the same God that said, hey, be kind to the alien and sojourner in your land also said, hey, uh, take anybody that um, rapes anybody out back and stone them. You are, are we sure we want to, you guys sure we want to, we want to go by that standard. Be very, very careful with that because it's a double-edged sword if you know what I'm saying. But secondly, sojourner, what does it mean? Passer by, passer through. That's what it means. The idea that you were, you were not permitted in Old Testament Israel to bring your religion, your, your belief system, your lifestyle, and just bring it with you and have the rest of the population work around you. If you were going to stay, you had to actually convert religiously. You had to convert to Judaism. You couldn't stay. That's why they were referred to as aliens or sojourners. We're not talking about letting people pass through us in order to escape Afghanistan. We're talking about letting them live here. Who vetted these people? The same ones who vetted Muhammad Atta? Same ones who vetted the Zarniyevs? Who vetted them? And if I could jump in for a minute here, Steve, while you send me uh, Congressman Roy's number. Um, this is about 
the, the way that this is going down here, we're on the 20th anniversary of 9-11. We could very well see the U.S. Embassy in Kabul be burned by the Taliban, the same Taliban that we went in there to clean out, to supposedly, as you invoked earlier, fight them over there so we don't have to fight them over here. While bringing in untold numbers, guys, you could not make this sort of a conclusion, if you can call it this, a conclusion up. You just couldn't make it up, which, again, to me indicates that this is more than just a flubocracy. This is divine judgment on a number of levels, and we keep saying that with greater frequency. I just texted you Chip's numbers. Todd, what are your thoughts? Well, I can't help but think where you started with this thing. We just, after 20 years, what are you prepared to do? This applies to every set of experts, every uh, institution we have. If this was, I had an image of the show Lost that we've talked about so much. If, if this really was a cork we needed to keep in the bottle over there, theoretically speaking, this is just the hub of evil and we have to stay over there. At least for me, I speak for myself, I could be convinced of that, even if we had to be there forever. But you, you clearly don't care to convince me. Of that. No, they so, clearly built no such hub. Otherwise, the country would not have fallen in exa- 10 minutes. Exactly. So what the hell were we doing there for 20 years then? Exactly. All right, I think we have him back. Hey, Chip, welcome back to the show. I want to let you finish your opening thought, brother. Go ahead. By audio, I apologize to your listeners. My iPad uh, just crapped out. I don't know why. That makes no sense. I'm sorry. But um, happy to happy to be back. And, and, and I don't know where we cut off. But, but l- let me just kind of assert very clearly, in case it wasn't, that of course, we and I know you. We stand by our men and women in uniform who who have answered the, the you know the call to you know go fight for us when they were allowed to. And let's get to the heart of this. We have failed. We have failed as a Congress to establish a clear uh, strategy. We have failed to establish an authorization of the use of military force that anybody can possibly understand what we really are trying to do in Afghanistan. And and I think I heard they're opening in. I don't um, I don't know exactly, but I think I heard um, one of you saying, hey, uh, I could be convinced that if we're going to have a strong base or presence in a hub there to though to go defend America's interest, I could be convinced of that. And, and this is my main point. We've never actually sat down over the last 20 years and said, wait, guys, why are we there and what's our strategy? Mm-hmm. What are we actually trying to accomplish? That's the problem. And if Congress had spoken five years ago, if we had just said, guys, we're going to have a presence and it's going to look like this. And you know what? We're going to call the Taliban the enemy that they are. We're going to acknowledge that they're Sharia supremacists. We're going to uh, take them out whenever they blink at us. We're going to hold the line until China and Pakistan not to even remotely blink at us. We're going to keep a presence at the Taliban. We're not going to nation build. But we're basically going to say, don't screw with this or you're going to get blown to kingdom come. The American people would largely support that. Probably you and I and all of us would probably support that. But we never even had that debate. So now this incompetent rube who's led by a bunch of university and academic leftists say, oh, well, let's just get out. And then they leave our freaking assets behind, helicopters and planes and guns and Humvees. And they leave all of these things behind and leave Americans behind. And we only have 4,000 Americans getting out of like 70,000 people. And I sat through a supposedly classified briefing yesterday where I learned nothing that wasn't already either public or could have been public. And I heard a bunch of platitudes about, well, we've got a plan and we're doing this and that. Meanwhile, we're the laughingstock of the world, and we've just let down all of the men and women who actually uh, fought for our country over the last 20 years. It's an embarrassment, and, and frankly, there are two parts to this. 
the embarrassment that is the Biden administration and why you should never give them the keys to anything at all. And then the second part is why we Republicans and conservatives in the House of Representatives and the Senate haven't demanded that we have an actual plan and strategy and a message so the American people know what it is. and We can hold these jackasses to account in the White House. Congressman Chip Roy from Texas, our guest here on uh, on the Blaze uh, on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Yeah, you know we have even some of your Republican colleagues from your own state trotting out lines from 2004. We fight over there, so we don't fight them here. And I did some research on this while I was away, Chip. There have been at least 31 either successful or foiled uh, terrorist attacks on the United States on our own soil by people uh, radicalized by Islam since we invaded Afghanistan, 31. The idea that this held this element at bay so that we weren't subjected to it here within our own country is simply not true. It's a talking point from almost 20 years ago. And, it, and, and, uh, and the point I raised while we were trying to reconnect with you this is really an immigration issue. I know you're going to visit the border tomorrow. We let Mohammed Atta and his associates into the country. We let the Zarnias right. into the country. The, one of the worst terrorist attacks by an Islamic radical since 9-11 was at Fort Hood, occurred at one of our own military installations. Yep. We let this crap into our country, and now you're telling me we've got 76,000, maybe more of it, coming here? We've, have, have they been vetted? Have, did they vet them the same way they vet who comes across the southern border? Since when are able-bodied single men of fighting age refugees, like ever, particularly when they leave their women and children behind to storm the airport in Kabul? This this just stinks to high heaven, Chip. All of it does. Well, Steve, look, I mean, he, he, there are so many things we could go down. And I know you're going to have Daniel on after a little bit. And I, he's never afraid to talk about the border, although maybe he'll be talking about the uh, health care tyranny that we've got going on. But let's talk about the border for a minute, because it's, it's, it's really critically important that listeners understand. And you talk about it all the time and your listeners are smarter on this than most. But however bad they think it is, however bad you think it is, frankly, however bad I think it is, it's worse. And I am going to the border again next week with Senator Cruz. Uh, we've got a big day. We're going to be down there with Tom Homan and Mark Morgan, a bunch of victims uh, who, who are victims of people who have been here illegally. We're going to go down not just to the border. We're going to be in San Antonio. Uh, we're going to be meeting with people that have a direct impact of fentanyl, narcotics, et cetera. But let's talk about this terrorist angle for a minute. Um, the, the fact of the matter is our border is known to the world to be wide open, Okay. We have intercepted and caught individuals affiliated with terrorist organizations and from terrorist harboring countries. This is a known fact. And this is because we have now a division at Border Patrol, Steve, that has been propped up for just processing people coming to our country and falsely claiming asylum. That's literally what we're doing. Like It's, it's well beyond incompetence. It's purposeful. Mm. This is the refusal to faithfully execute the laws of the United States. It is why my orchestra should be impeached, removed. It's frankly why all the buck goes to stops with Biden and why Biden should be impeached and removed, because they're literally ignoring their duty to enforce the laws of the United States. Now, I get yelled at by the Chamber of Commerce, Open Borders, Wall Street Journal bureaucrats on their editorial board saying, oh, those 16 Republicans who voted against the Afghan uh, SIV bill, uh, they should be ashamed of themselves. Hold on a second. You're not the one with an election certificate who's sitting down there on the floor of the House and you get given to you a bill with a manager's amendment at the 11th hour at the last minute to blatantly wide open, expand the numbers of people who could come here, reduce the vetting, reduce the standards. And then you yell at me 
look, I want to honor a commitment to some guy who bled for us. Of course I do. But I don't want to open our doors and wide open to whatever the freaking idiotic, incompetent bureaucrats who literally just left a database over there of all of these SIVs they say they care about. They just walked away with a biometric database now in the hands of the Taliban of all the people who helped us. You can't make this crap up. Screw these people. They do not have any competence and they don't care about our country. Chip, if there were 76,000 people that bled for us, that were enabling us, that were assets to us, how the hell did the country fall to the, back to the Taliban in 10 minutes? Can you riddle me that one, Batman? Well, I think an important question has to be asked, right, about all of the words we've been hearing for so long about what was going to happen, right? And then you've got, you've got I literally yesterday, Steve, sitting in a classified briefing, I can't talk about you know, the specifics of some of the things, although frankly, there wasn't that much that, that, that really deserving of classification. But what they did say and what they've publicly been saying is, yeah, we really didn't expect them to fall. It's like, okay, so you're either lying through your teeth or you're completely blind mm -hmm. because everybody we know talking in the military knew full well the Afghan army that they weren't prepared to be able to deal with this. Now, have they been fighting? Sure. Yeah, they've been fighting and God bless them for fighting. Um, but were they prepared and able and ready to take the mantle? Of course not. And, and so that's the reality. So well, what have we been doing for 20 years? Great question, right? When you've got literally the night before, you've got the president of Afghanistan saying, we're going to fight to the death. And then he literally just leaves the country with a bag of cash and doesn't stand there and fight. Like, can you imagine our founding fathers or all of those, uh, our grandfathers or fathers or great grandfathers who stormed the beaches in Normandy? I met with a hundred year old, one of my uh, constituents last week with my son. We went out and we met with him for two hours. He's a hundred and he stormed the beach of Normandy. And you know what? While we're talking and he's explaining it to me, he got emotional. Literally now what? 77 years later, 77 years later, and he's getting emotional about what they did across the ocean. Right. If my country's under attack by a bunch of ruthless, crazed uh, Sharia supremacists like the Taliban, I'm grabbing a gun and I'm freaking trying to fight them. And if I have to die like, you know, they did at the Alamo, then so be it. But to be clear, I don't want us to pass the buck. This administration is trying to pass the buck to them. This administration walked out. This administration left a mess. This administration left assets behind. This administration left Americans stuck. And now they want to push us to have a wide open immigration scheme to deal with the fact that they created a mess. And now there are some people who are deserving of our support and some that are not. And some we just literally caught somebody on the terrorist watch list the other day who made it through the first rounds of this. Who's getting through? I think we have a responsibility to try to clean up this mess uh, for the American people. What do you do here? I mean, you've you've mentioned terms associated with impeachment. At least twice yep. I've counted in this conversation. You flat out directly yep. then said it just yourself a minute ago. But, you know, uh, you, you have you, you, of course, are a former deputy attorney general. I once clerked at a law firm. <laughs> and so I know enough <laughs> that some, I know sometimes when it comes to white collar crime, you don't you can maybe get your your client off of a prosecution because the cost of, a, of, of, of that prosecution economically to the community isn't worth the crime that was committed itself. And does that apply here in that all of this is impeachable? But if the end result of the process is we hand this over to maybe the most 
unremarkable when she served U.S. senator in the country, who then went out for six months and could get only one percent of the support of her own party's base, despite the fact she checks several of their primary woke intersectionality boxes. She was so unimpressive, so stale, so unremarkable. She galvanized nobody. We're now talking about, okay, we hold his feet to the fire. We hold him accountable. We maybe even go 25th Amendment because it's clear that he his faculties yeah. are not there. So we just hand it over to her. That doesn't give anybody a warm well, fuzzy either, brother. I don't know what to do. Yeah. But remember that we're talking about January, February of 2023 before we have any ability to actually execute on some plan to potentially impeach. What is the purpose of impeachment? Is it the end result of having any particular individual in office? Yeah, I mean, maybe practically, but let's face it. There is not one individual in anywhere near the leadership sphere of the Democratic Party who I trust to, you know, you know, watch my house for the weekend, much, much less run this country. I mean, think about it, right? Biden? No. Harris? No. Pelosi? No. Schumer? No. And Schumer's not even in line, right? It's freaking Pat Leahy, who's like 90 years old and a doddering leftist from Vermont, right? This is their leadership structure. They're incompetent octogenarians, or they are radical leftists led by AOC. So that is your Democratic Party. So I don't care which one of these idiots is in charge. Our country is is worse off. The purpose of impeachment is to enforce a notion with the American people, in my view, that impeachment isn't just about your conduct as an individual that you may have broken the law, maybe lied under oath like Clinton, what, you know, Nixon's, uh, you know, uh, numerous, uh, you know, uh, issues that for which he might have been impeached. Um, And obviously what they try to do going after Trump. We have this kind of skewed view about what a high crime and misdemeanor uh, is with respect to our history uh, as a a nation. And that, frankly, a violation of the public trust in your duty as commander in chief to faithfully execute the laws of the United States. Our friend Andy McCarthy wrote a great book about Obama in 2014 called Faithless Execution. I would encourage people to read that. Not that it's dispositive, but Andy makes a case for when you are widely disregarding your duty to defend the border, disregarding your duty to protect our men and women in uniform and defend the nation as commander-in-chief, disregarding uh, separation of powers, enforcing the executive branch over the legislative, potentially ignoring you know, judicial uh, rulings, uh, go down the list of things they're doing, that those are impeachable. And it is important for the American people to know that. And we should make a case for that, not for the sake of it. I don't care about whether we impeach them or not per se, what I care about is the American people know what they're doing is so unbelievably wrong. And we elevate that conversation and we try to drive a narrative. Importantly, though, we got to hold Republicans accountable, Steve. Republicans who are gassing us on the three and a half trillion dollar nonsense. I know we all voted against it yesterday, but you know how that'll go. Mm-hmm. They, they worked on the one point two trillion. Nineteen Republicans voted for it. A bunch of House Republicans are OK with it. So we didn't put pressure on that. We got Republicans who are not going to hold the line, for example, on the debt ceiling. They're perfectly happy to sign a letter right now saying, I won't vote to raise the debt ceiling. But what will they do in two years? They'll vote to raise the debt ceiling. They'll spend a little less money than the Democrats and they'll pat themselves in the back. Mm-hmm. Screw that. Our job right now, your job, my job, every conservative's job is to say, here's what you're going to do, Republicans, in January of 2023. You're going to kick their ass. You're going to impeach them for incompetence. You're going to vote. You're going to stop spending money we don't have. 
You're going to stand up and secure the border. And if Biden won't do it, you'll shove it down their throats for two years. And we better get a Republican president elected in 2024 or this country's toast. Chip, thanks for the clarity, my friend. Always appreciate you. I love you, man. Thank you. Hey, love you guys. Sorry, uh, we'll do it right on TV next time. Sorry, uh, it, 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 God bless you all, and we'll talk soon. It's all good. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Quickly, any thoughts in the conversation there with Chip? Uh, I am always I, pleased to hear the radicalization of one Chip Roy. You and I had a, a discussion yesterday, Steve, about uh, the column that you wrote that's coming out soon. Mm-hmm. Man, does he put a face. Mm-hmm on what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I will come back. Well, if, I mean, if that didn't get your blood pressure up, the weekly profit of flow and lamentation awaits. Grab the nitroglycerin. Stay tuned. <laughs> But this seems like a good time to tell you about my Patriot Supply. <laughs> all right. So, hey, um, remember when we all went to the store last year and there wasn't any uh, uh, TP for the bunghole anymore? Remember that? I do. You were literally texting your buddies or going on Twitter to find out what stores actually were carrying. Uh, even even some one ply. You were like Chris Rock and I'm going to get. How about some one ply? How about one square? All right. Uh, we've got supply chain issues, by the way, all over the place right now in this country. We tried renting a car recently. Okay. Um, who knows? The next supply chain issue could actually be food, water. Uh, make sure you're prepared with the four week emergency food supply from our friends at my Patriot Supply. Uh, you'll get 2,000 calories a day. Uh, the handy kit gives you breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, even snacks. 2,000 calories per day. It stays fresh for up to 25 years with proper storage. Don't worry if you're worried that the Doom Prepper van will show up at your in your crib and every one of your neighbors will gawk. It'll be shipped discreetly to you. And you can get 25% off right now when you go to preparewithdace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E for preparewithdace.com. Let's bring in the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, our good friend Daniel Horowitz. And we just talked to Congressman Chip Roy a few minutes ago, man, and he is pretty fired up right now. So, I mean, expectations for you right now, I got to be honest, are pretty high. Daniel, how you been, brother? Steve, I'm going to disappoint you. I, I have no energy for even wall and lamentation. I am just emotionally crushed. I, I just I don't even know what to do. I don't I know get what it. to do with myself. I was there right the last couple days before uh, Aaron's baby was born on Saturday. That's where I was. And uh, I've had a chance the last 10 days. I was still engaged, but not fully involved. So I had a chance to kind of recharge and just focus on some mundane husband and dad stuff, you know, for uh, 10 days. Um, and so my battery's a little more recharged. Let, let me, let me, let me set the stage with this. And I want to get your reaction on Sunday. Anthony Fauci said that if we all got vaccinated, we could be done with COVID by next fall on Monday, the prime minister of Israel, Neftali Bennett announced that if you had not been re-injected within the last six months in Israel, you will no longer be considered fully vaccinated 
because of the waning efficacy of of the Pfizer vaccine that uh, they gave exclusive rights to uh, there in the nation of Israel, which is the most vaccinated free nation on earth. Over about about 80% of everybody over the age of 16 in Israel is fully vaccinated. The following day on Tuesday, the CEO of Pfizer announced that they're concerned about emerging variants that may elude their current mRNA vaccine completely, but not to worry because within about three months, they could come up with something for a new variant. So you'll just have to go uh, without your protection, I guess, for those three months and hunker down. Those three events transpired on consecutive days. Can you make sense of that? Steve Walensky, the CDC director, she herself said the reason everyone needs boosters is because they're not working and they wear off. Could I make sense of that? Here's um, what I can make sense of. Uh, picture 9-11. You had firefighters that tried to open up every pathway to evacuate as many people from the buildings as possible. What you have now going on is people that are going around and shutting off every avenue that will protect people from this virus. And the only thing you're allowed to push is something that doesn't work. If it works, they will systematically hunt it down and ensure uh, that that it's not available. You talk about supply chain uh, issues. We have a supply chain issue now with anything that works, they're banning. Um, it's genocide. It is dark. I never envisioned in my career I would be talking about things like this, doing, focusing on issues like this. It's not about policy. It's not about anything. It's pure genocide. It's not even about cronyism alone um, because they're even opposing the monoclonal antibodies, which are made by the big boy kids and big pharma. Um, but it does have efficacy, so that's why they oppose it. Um, I've spoken with ICU doctors, pulmonologists, internists, hospital doctors all over that tell me that they will take patients where there is no hope for them. They have nothing to offer them except for the things that not only don't work but cause renal failure, uh, such as remdesivir. And then they will find out if they are trying to prescribe anything and block it. Um, even if they would give them 5,000 IUs of vitamin D, they'll find that their order, and, and, and that's like a healthy person's dose. You're talking about a guy dying of COVID in ICU, um, they'll, they'll lower it. They'll find it lower to 1,000. Um, anything that works is hunted down. Uh, luckily, they haven't been onto a torvastatin and phenofibrate, the um, cholesterol stuff yet. I think they still could think it's for obesity or something. But the minute they find out it's for COVID, uh, then they block it. Um, and these these doctors were just crushed. Um, I, I don't know, Steve, but I will say more confidently than I've ever believed in anything, the people behind this absolutely positively want people to die. And, and, and it's not even just like you have to get the vaccine because they were doing this, as you well know, since last March mm -hmm. in April. Um, they were doing it long before the vaccine where they banned all outpatient treatment. So you're not allowed to treat it. Imagine a staph infection, cancer, um, strep throat, uh, you know, anything, imagine us saying Lyme disease. Yeah. Wait, wait three weeks to treat it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't want to, you want to treat that now. And then even what's in there, even what's in the place, uh, in the hospital, they, they refuse to 
administer anything that works. You juxtapose the threshold for standards of safety evidence and efficacy evidence that they that they raise the bar for this stuff and lie about it, and then juxtapose to the FDA's own approval where they say, yeah, theirs doesn't really capture all of what's going on with the things. But, you know, we're going to approve it anyway um, or half approve it. And then remdesivir, which the WHO said was a ripoff and and doesn't work at all, but it's the standard of care, not just a right to try, but standard of care uh, for 3000 a pop. I don't even think you could refuse it if you wanted to in the hospital. I, I mean, you put this together, Steve, and this is the biggest story of our lifetime. And my fear is if we don't get together, what we are staring down the barrel of in the rest of the country, not in the South, is the worst virus we've ever seen that has now been enhanced. I know you had Dr. Malone on, mm -hmm. enhanced by this leaky vaccine. No avenue out of the 30 or so cocktails to treat it with early. And Australia as the response to it. When they when when the when the vaccines completely bomb, rather than humbly saying, Yeah, I guess we better, you know, do the early treatment we should have all, all, always done, they'll just say we need we need to lock down, do the straight Australia. So we're gonna be sandwiched between now a legitimately problematic virus and North Korea as the response. Steve, this is not a third world country. This is what I'm starting to call a fourth world country. I assume you saw uh, two studies that came out this week, one out of Japan that uh, basically said we're, we're causing ADE uh, with these vaccines uh, and they will lose all efficacy against future variants was their guess. Now, I've been hesitant about sharing that because if you read the disclosure of bias um, in the study, they admit that they're working on an alternative vaccination. Okay. So, um, I've been a little hesitant about sharing that. Not, you know, you never know you know, when, if somebody has an angle there, but I only bring it up because we have seen some evidence of this in other places. For example, Oxford university, which is the top rated university in the country. Uh, they released a study last week. The U Oxford university clinical research group put out a study in the Lancet. I mean, you don't get any more mainstream spirit of the AG than the Lancet, right? Okay. And what they found is individuals carried 200 vaccinated individuals carry 251 times the load of COVID-19 viruses in their nostrils compared to the unvaccinated. They, the study concluded that healthcare workers who were vaccinated were actually spreading it to the patients. So there's all this concern that if you're unvaccinated, you're going to give it to me, which, of course, just means you don't think your vaccine works, obviously. The study from Oxford seems to indicate the exact opposite problem, that it is the vaccinated who are who could create potential um, pre-symptomatic spreads uh, or asymptomatic, which you and I both know, having researched this a million times in the last year and a half, asymptomatic spread may be the greatest, biggest lie canard until natural immunity of this entire story. That right, that was the whole genesis for why we had to always shut down everything, every status shown. It's minuscule at best. Now we may have created a situation of asymptomatic spread really being a problem, Daniel. That's the point. Everything they have said until now, and they accused our stuff of having like the chinks in the armor of natural immunity were wrong and all true about the vaccine. Everything they said about younger people being at risk, 
they're the ones cre possibly creating a dynamic where that now can be true. This is the ultimate blood libel. What's a blood libel? You know, the slander, they used to go kill someone and then blame the Jews for killing them and using the blood to bake matzah on Passover. That That is exactly what is going on. This is a great blood libel. Everything they say about hydroxy and now ivermectin is true of their stuff from Desivir on the vaccine. Um, look, Steve, this is very important. We should not be the ones that have to categorically prove to a specific level that a certain terrible thing is occurring from their stuff that they're mandating. Due process dictates that they should have to categorically be able to rule it out. And in FDA's own memorandum on the Pfizer um, EUA, they said on page 52 of the 57-page memorandum, they said – on the section called ADE, we don't see it short-term, but long-term, which is, of course, the problem. It could be a concern if there is waning immunity and you need ongoing clinical trials to deal with this. They have never studied that, and since then, we see what? Walensky tells us waning immunity. Moderna and Pfizer tell us waning immunity. That's why you need the booster. Mm -hmm. And then we're seeing—you can't deny it, Steve— San Francisco, Oregon, Washington, forget about even the South. You're seeing places with 10 times as many cases as they've ever had, despite the built-up immunity. Oregon and, is at an all-time high for hospitalizations. Hawaii's gone up 854%. And Israel, and on and on and on. And mind you, the entire Eastern Europe is dead with very low vaccination rates, which is which is kind of interesting. India as well. I mean, and, and this is the issue at some point, like, yeah, I can't categorically tell you what's going on with that, but they're the ones who should have to be able to prove it. That's the thing. And yes, there is a big concern now, and one of the theories behind it's it's hard to tell to what degree, but it does seem to some degree this iteration is roping in younger people, and the feeling is that especially they're more likely not to be vaccinated, so they don't have that half-assed temporary protection that the ones that still have it have for themselves but then they're being blasted with a greater viral load than they've ever been. So now it's kind of all bets are off. You do have to start revisiting what you're doing, which is why, you know, originally I was telling anyone with, you know, risk levels, get treated immediately. Now we're just saying, look, anyone who, any adult, as soon as you think you have symptoms, get this treated, um, which is, of course, what they're saying not to get treated because uh, uh, COVID is so important that you have to mask all kids in a classroom, but if you have a 70-year-old uh, diabetic go into that same doctor's office or call him up on the phone and beg for a prescription, he'll tell him to go to hell because COVID is evidently not such a big deal in that situation. So, Steve, I mean, this is nothing but genocide. There is no other way to square the amalgamation and contradiction of all the things they're doing. Daniel's got a great piece out today. Uh 15 studies that have shown the lasting efficacy of natural immunity. I mentioned on the show earlier, we're the only country now I know of in the world that is denying this uh, at, at, at the elite public health administrative level. So make sure you read Daniel's piece about that today on The Blaze. Good to see you again, my friend. We've got to go. As always, take care. All right. God bless. God bless. All right. I think maybe after that, we could all use a built bar. Um, do you like a good snack throughout the day? But uh, you'd rather not pack on the pounds while doing it. Well, Built Bar is here to save the day. So many great flavors. I, I finally had to say no, and it was tough, man. They had an apple crisp almond flavor yesterday for one day only.
And that just that is such a Steve Dace fall flavor. But I've got like two shelves, the fridge in the garage and the fridge in the house, just totally full of built bars. And so I just at some point I figured even I had to I, I had to say, okay, I got it, I gotta rest. You did it! Yeah. All right, but, um, you know, even the daily flavors you can get anytime. Uh, mint brownie, uh, salted caramel, cookies and cream, one of their most popular segments, or, or uh, uh, one of their more popular flavors. Cherry, Barcia, and more. Uh, and then there's, there's the specialty flavors like Rocky Road that are absolutely spectacular. All of them covered in real chocolate. It is absolutely the best protein bar you've ever had. It's the most nutritious candy bar you've ever had as well, even though it's not a candy bar, but it tastes like one. You can't beat it. Get 15% percent off your order right now when you go to built bar i'm sorry built that used to be the old website built.com b-u-i-l-t and use the promo code dace my last name get 15 percent off d-e-a-c-e when you go to built.com promo code dace all right we're going to stick around after the show here and do buy sell or hold as a bonus for our blaze tv subscribers at blaze tv.com slash dace before we get out of here gentlemen any final thoughts well, you saw increasingly over the last year and a half, and he's fully arrived, Daniel arrive at the place where he realizes uh, the magical thinking of vaccines. And Steve, right before we left, you said as much about how you how that used to come across to you when I said it two years ago for what it is now. It is as powerful an elixir, a dark magic as any there is. I, my daughter has got is going to an official visit to a college, and we've got to prove that she uh, does not have the disease so she can go visit and hang out with them. Yet here, at, did you see that at, at uh, Bill's camp? That the unvaccinated Cole Beasley got sent home because the vaccinated equipment manager who yes. got yep. COVID. That, yet, they, doing the math on that, everybody just say, okay, enough is enough. But no, they send him home. You, The dark magic is as powerful as any you have ever experienced in your lifetime. On so many different levels, they will not stop because they cannot stop. The spirit of the age cannot stop this sort of, well, you want to call it dark magic, we want to call it uh, just a mind-numbingly stupid and irrational behavior. If they stopped that, they would admit defeat. And a, and a whole heck of a lot of houses of cards would come crumbling down. Don't expect it to just stop on its own. You must make it stop. Back at it again tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.